Welcome in to the Mentor Forge Podcast. I'm your host, Cartwright Morris. The Mentor Forge platform and each episode on this podcast is for the forging of men into great leaders. We are all about men stepping into their God-given leadership abilities and calling, um, whether that's work, life, or relationships. So if you enjoy this podcast, please like, follow, or subscribe. Go to mentorforge.com to find out if you're a good fit for my Leaders Collective, a group of leaders growing together. So go to mentorforge.com. All right, welcome in today to my first ever Q&A Friday. Hey, that's kind of a nice little ring to it, Q&A Friday. Um, <laughs> so let's just go ahead and get the ball rolling here. I got three questions here. Um, first one. Uh, they will remain nameless, of course. Uh, my boss is a micromanager. It's pretty overwhelming sometimes. Sometimes it's hard to even breathe. Uh, sometimes literally, uh, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, it, it, um, I want to say something, but I'm afraid what will happen. But I'm also afraid if I don't say, say anything, then I can't last very long at this job. Something has to change, but I'm not sure what to do. Any thoughts would help. Okay. So this is what, so yeah, number one, it sounds like you know what to do. You have to say something. Um, uh, I've been in those shoes. It's not easy. Um, the frustrating part is, and you may not like this answer, is you have to say something, but you can't go in there with a certain result in mind. Uh it's what happens in confrontation when we are wanting, all right, them to change, force them, and then it leads to an argument generally because they're, there's a great chance that they aren't going to change at all. They are the who they are. They've been doing this for a while. They found success doing it that way, so they're not going to change. Um, but if you like the job, you like the people you work with, but you find your, y'all just kind of get together and just gossip about how terrible your boss is, Um, that's not a recipe for change. So probably stop, do less of that. Right. But it is frustrating. It's overwhelming. I'm sure you get home and you got to vent to somebody about how obnoxious this person is. Um, but I think you have to say something, you have to confront it. And I would say the goal in mind when you go do that is yourself is for your own boundaries, for your own conviction about who you are and where you stand that you're, not a place of being walked over, but I would say come in also with the tension of, Hey, well, I'm, I'm in to have a conversation. Let's solve this a little bit here. Communicate you how you would uh, thrive better in the position. If you weren't constantly micromanaged, looked over your shoulder, it's critical of every little thing that you do. Um, I work for a micromanager who he would tell me something to do and then I would do it. And then he'd come behind. If it didn't work out the way he wanted it, he would then question why I did it. And I'm like, cause you told me to. And then he'd say, no, I didn't. So <laughs> I get where you're coming from. And, uh, I'll say from personal experience, I confronted him and, uh, it, it didn't, it, it, it initially didn't work out very well. It turned into an argument because I was, he felt like I was pointing the finger. He changed the subject. He made it more about me complaining at work versus really com- 
complaining about him and wanting to be treated like a, an adult and not micromanage every second of the day. Uh, but I think, yeah, you just got to, um, so therefore I went with the end result in mind that I was going to change and we're going to have this great moment and we're going to start working better together. And just, you can't do that. You got to step into it with really, Hey, I'm communicating me and I'm open to a conversation. I may not, there may, everything may not a hundred percent be true what I'm saying, but I know at least 80. And so I got to communicate that. Uh, and then, yeah, it, where the chips lie, the chips lie. And then you know where you stand and you know where the net, and then the next thing, the next phase is like, can I stay here longer knowing that he's not going to change or at least like have a conversation about how to work better together. And if that just doesn't happen and you continually bumping up, even though you do confront, you do know where you stand. You do have an understanding. One, you stood up for yourself. You're better equipped in communication. You're being led better and how to lead yourself, but also you're becoming better. I think at the end of the day, that's really what you want to get to is like, Hey, I know as a leader, I am not that. I am a leader that wants to invite conversation, feedback, but also allow people to fail well, help them learn, be more of a teacher than a manager, be a leader more than a manager, right? So, all right, well, that's my two cents. Uh, second one, let's go second question here. Um, I'm crazy about my girlfriend. Not sure, uh, though, whether or not she should marry her. Um, I think moving in together before might help me decide, but not sure. What do you think I should do? Okay. Um, the, well, let's just say this from a um, data standpoint. You're, you're fighting against the odds by doing that. Um, there's a higher divorce rate of people who live together before they move, uh, who live together before they get married. Okay. Uh, so that's just, we'll just kind of put that there. I'll leave that there. You can take that with what you want. Uh, but also like, let's look at the really human, the deep need we all want, especially when we want to be in a meaningful relationship. What are we really wanting? We're wanting to be loved unconditionally. That's what we're after. There's something written in our DNA that like, I want to be fully accepted, fully loved. And do we find this in this life? I don't know. But I feel like marriage is the closest thing. To truly see um, the beauty in someone for who they are. The... I mean, you know, the more I start seeing myself through my wife's eyes, I think that's really, it's become really powerful for me. I've started to really grow in my own self-confidence because of how much she loves me, believes in me. And that starts from living unconditionally. And she's seen a lot. She's seen, you know, I'm early in marriage, but I still, she's seen me at my lowest, my weakest, where I feel, um, yeah, the, the, a a low self-worth moments. And uh, she's seen me beat myself up. And yet she still loves me unconditionally, intentionally. So moving in together, you're automatically starting that long-term meaningful relationship on a condition. <laughs> I'll marry you if we can find out if we can live together. Like that just doesn't work. It's just like when men and women have to be in a full committed relationship to 
like in your saying, well, I'm already in a committed relationship. I mean, like marriage, like it's legal sign that all it's, you know, it's been done. It's going to take an, uh, an act of God or an act of uh, legal paperwork for me to get out of this relationship because we are just so different and it's so beyond. And it's like, but like when you're in a sense forced, I don't like that word, but it's like you're, you're being pushed to, to live together and you're choosing to be with this person hell or high water, no matter what happens in an unconditional sense, no matter what, you know, there's something that's like, this is going back to even my first question. This gets revealed in you. When we choose to embrace these things instead of avoid them, we actually, there's a revealing of who I am. We find out the best parts of ourselves. We find out where we're lacking as well. And we find out really what we want in the day. And this is what we're, you're probably wanting is true, unconditional love. You're wanting someone just to see you for who you are and for you to start a relationship on a condition like, yeah, let's, let's test the, these waters out. Let's take this car for a test drive before we actually make the full commitment. It's nonsense. And I'll give this little tidbit of my own life. I know of at least two people who have given me that advice of like, y'all should move in together before you get married. Um, both of them are on their second marriages. So, <laughs> you know, like it's just, <laughs> there's a, there's a common denominator there. Like this not, they're not the people that have a high value I have for relationship. They're in a, this beautiful, amazing relationships. That's my take. And there's people that have, you know, that have bucked that trend without a doubt. There's no doubt about it. There's people that live together before they got married and they have a great marriage. Not saying that, but generally it happens the other way. And then it's just, you know, there's other people who go the other way who are like uber traditional and they have bombed in marriage, but that's for a whole other reasons. Probably because they went into marriage with a condition, right? And that's what happens on the traditional sense as well too. Um, that we come in with these conditions to our life. So I just recommend like, you know, you want to, you want to embrace this moment in your life where you're learning about each other and you're making that commitment before, you know, living together. So, okay. that was question two. Last one, I promise. Um, this one's probably a little more broad could hit maybe more specifically to y'all to a broader sense of y'all. Um, I like my job. Um, Boss, people I work with, um, I am married with a kid on the way. I go to a good church, good, and I have a good community, but something feels missing. And I've checked all the boxes that I thought I was supposed to have. And I think I should be happier. But how do I find fulfillment when I haven't found it yet? Interesting. Um. I added that. How do I, you know, on the end there, but yeah. So how do you find fulfillment? Especially when you've like a lot of us in this Western world, we've done the things we're supposed to do. We got the good grades school. That's not talking about me (laughs) talking about the general. These are some of my clients. They've done, they've marked the boxes, got the good job, moved up in career, got married, got a nice house. And there's just something missing. That's a human experience. And that's a great place to be. You know, it's you're, you're rubbing up against something. Because people that are generally fail, feel fear, those are the moments, right, that we actually learn about ourselves and we actually become better and we actually find out more fulfillment. 
when there's stress, when there's tension, when there's a forging <laughs> to give that little plug. But where do I need to find fulfillment? So this is a video that I've that'll post on Monday. I think it's specific to men that we really we do. This guy's been checking the boxes. He's been nailing his responsibilities, right? As we've all done. So, okay, what are the responsibilities in life? You know, like taking care of your wife, taking care of your kids, showing up work on time, doing your job, right? But there's always the balance of that. Like if you're not finding enjoyment and doing things that make you come alive, and, and that could be simple things, but I, I think if we're constantly looking just for an escape, you know, from this feeling of unfulfillment because we're doing all we're supposed to do, I think there has to be a tension of an uh, intention in towards the thing that jack us up. I think enjoy if you don't have enjoyment in your life, the things that you just like, just you know, for some guys it is hunting. Sometimes it's and that's only, but that's only you know, I guess it depends on the season, right? You three, you know, three months out of the year, include turkey season, maybe five. Uh, so you got to find other things. Things where you find enjoyment that fill your tank up for your responsibilities that give you so because there's there's a balance between both of those that give us fulfillment. Right? It's these things where I'm building a legacy, I'm taking care of people, I am loving well, I'm being intentional with my wife and family and my work and I'm building something, right? The responsibilities bucket here. But then you have the enjoyment coming alive bucket. And sometimes they do translate, right? But there has to be something. That could be something within your job. But that has to be regularly because like, man, we're just not here for just strictly filling the boxes, filling the blank. And I think you have to go on it. We all have to go on that journey of like, man, when have I felt most alive? Maybe I think about when I was a kid. There's things I did that like, man, I just really loved. And how do I schedule that? How do I make time for that? How do I make that part of my daily existence? Could be friends, parties, if you're a social person, um, not like me. <laughs> uh, or, I mean, it's a variety of things and it's specific to you. How do you make that happen? Uh, I think it's a journey we all got to go on of finding that balance that, yeah, we, we, have, we have responsibilities. We have a life that we're, we're building and doing. And as we get older and right, this, this list shrinks. This list probably is not that big to start with. We've probably got too many of those. You already probably need to shrink it. But this probably can less, the more we get older, it becomes maybe it goes from 80% to like 60 or 50, right? And then this list, especially once we start figuring out and we're pursuing it, it begins to, to grow. It becomes, instead of like 20% of our life or from those, it's like probably two or three, it becomes larger. And it adds to the responsibilities. I think we got to remember that. We don't just do things we enjoy that are just strictly destructive and escaping, hiding. You know, uh, I think when we fill up this tank so much and we just, have these little enjoyment. That's the process of middle. That's the, the pathway to um, midlife crisis, addiction, divorce, all these things, because we've just been on the loop. Right. And we've haven't really taken stock of the things that jack us up that make us feel alive and find enjoyment. So 
Okay, so that's my little two cents, my first Friday Q&A. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Please, uh, in the comments, respond, but as well as like you can email me at cartwright at mentorforge.com with any other questions you have. And I'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Mentor Forge podcast. Summer's coming to an end, but I know some of y'all are still getting active. You're still going outside. Man, fall's going to be just perfect. And I've got the active wear for you for a brand with a mission. It's called the Three Nails Clothing Company. It's at threenailsclothing.com, and they've got great shorts, T-shirts, and hats for you to really help you be more active. But also, it's a brand with a mission to spread the kingdom and to share the vision of Christ. So you can go to, like I said, threenailsclothing.com. But when you check out, make sure you put in the Men Are Forged promo code. That's one word, Men Are Forged, all caps. That is the, because of this podcast, guys, because you're listening here, you get 10% off by using the Mentor Forge promo code at threenailsclothing.com. So go check out that. Get some great active wear. And I appreciate y'all listening, and I'll see you next time.